This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hope you're having a good Monday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here on the show. Look, I uh, saw this on a friend's Facebook page. I thought I'd share this with you. Dear one, you are not okay, and it's okay. You have maxed out your feelings capacity. You feel overwhelmed, like you can't handle one more thing, yet still... A part of you is anxiously longing. You are restless and exhausted all at the same time. You're tired, but you can't sleep. You feel guilty for not being sad enough or more moved by all the tragedy around you. You cry or yell sometimes unprovoked. That would be me in traffic today on the way down here. You need love. You need time. And you need space. Self-care isn't selfish. It's a necessary part of our nourishment. The next time you go for a walk, look around. You may find some of these friends ready to join you. And remember, you're not alone. Sending love, space, time, and healing. I think it's safe to say the last couple of years have been very stressful. And judging from my Facebook feed, a lot of you need to relax. And I probably do, too, to be honest with you. Uh, That's why I wanted to invite back to the show an old friend. Um, She just happens to be the writer of that last passage, too. It's Tara Blumenthal. She's the owner, lead trainer, and boss lady at Tara Yoga. Tara, welcome back. Thank you, Marshall. It is so wonderful to be back with you, even if it is via distance. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, we'll get we'll get back eventually. We'll get everything back to you. can be in the studio, and we can laugh and smile and everything else, but still nice to talk to you a little bit. And I know that you are completely pumped, as I am, about Ted Lasso winning all the awards last night. Oh, my gosh. I was hoping that we would get to that. So... Well, we might as you well know, just start off with our love of Ted yeah, Lasso. Why don't we just lead with Ted Lasso? I mean, that just makes so much sense. Um, you know, uh, even those of us that that work to stay inspired all the time need some inspiration, and so um, that show is such a breath of fresh air to me. Um, with the character evolvement and development, and I, I really do think that that the mirroring for for us right now for kindness and for hope is just. It's exactly what we all needed. So, I mean, for those who haven't uh, jumped into the Ted Lasso pool, I think they should. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what Ted Lasso is, and I don't know where you've been living because it's been all over the news and all over social media, but Ted Lasso is a show that is on Apple Plus, which is a streaming service that you usually get for free. They throw it at you when you buy an Apple product, and, you know, you get a year. But I, I, I got into it last year, and I think I've watched it the first season six times, you know, it just was so well written and so incredibly hopeful. And, and I think it really goes well into the theme, but of what we're going to talk about today. But that said, I was just glad to see them get all kinds of Emmy awards that happened to be written by our friend Rita Brent. So I thought that was cool too. That was very cool too. Yeah. Six degrees of separation and Mississippi's always going to get there somehow. I know, know it. We are going to know somebody famous. That's just the way it right. goes. And we're probably related right. to him too. So as well, look, um, <laughs> You know, I was just thinking about your past few years, and I know as a business owner, you've experienced a bit of stress yourself during the pandemic. Uh, we'll talk about that just for a second, but let's let's just go ahead and go with the basics. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Who's your mama? Or, you know, the, the usual Mississippi questions. Yeah, uh, Rankin County, raised, 
Um, we we often say you can take the girl out of pearl, but you can't take the pearl out of the girl. Ooh. And um, I, I hang on to that. Like a lot of, I've been in Jackson for so long that I consider Jackson my home. But when people say, "Where are you from?" I'm actually like, "Well, I'm actually a Rankin County girl." So um, I guess I like to to put my roots a little bit of everywhere. And then my um, my grandmother was very important uh, in my life. She actually helped to raise me after my mom died. And um, so I did spend a lot of my early years in a place called White Oak, Mississippi. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Um, you got me on that one, and it's it's kind of hard to stump me. I don't think I've heard of White Oak before. You know, a, a stone's throw outside of Raleigh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And, you know, the things that we, our perception of things is, as as children are, are interesting, and then also the things that we take for granted. So one of the things I remember is going back to that house as an adult and being shocked at how tiny that my, my great-grandparents' house was. I was like, is this the same house or did they shrink wrap it? You know, your perspective changes as you grow. And then another thing that I found fascinating was how much I took the, the huge garden that was uh, on that land for granted. Like what I wouldn't give to have a garden of that size now and so um, I think as we, you know, I mean, I think it's just typical, but as we, we age and we grow and we gain perspective, it's like, oh, what I took for granted when I was younger. So, uh, but yeah, that's where I'm from. And um, I went to, um, this is kind of interesting. I went to college. My intention was uh, to uh, go to grad school. My My love and passion was psychology. And I think a lot of that came from uh feeling different, kind of feeling like the odd one out in school, because I didn't know anybody else who'd lost a parent. And um, I lost my mom when I was very young. And then by the time I was in high school, I was the only person that I knew, period, who'd lost both parents. Oh, wow. And so, you know, psychology was a draw to me because I wanted to understand, you know. And so I, I kind of went down that path, and I was in graduate school, um when I was involved in an accident that took me off of the psych path. And I was like, well, I got, I got knocked out of um, my semester of graduate school, and then I got this nice, tidy letter that said, we'd like to inform you that we're closing the program and you need to have, I don't know, with some ungodly number of hours of credit before next semester was over. And, um, Marshall, you know me. Like, I'm pretty ambitious, but this wasn't even doable for me, you know? And so that kind of... Um, put a wall in front of me of like, what's next and what am I going to do? And, um, and also at the time I was still recovering from a head injury. And so I was like, I can't even remember the notes that I took this semester. I don't know how I'm going to tackle this massive load. So, you know, um, being rerouted so many, many times, um, got me to a place of, you know, I guess deep questioning. Some people don't have to do that until they're much older, but I've been doing it all of my life, and I ended up walking into a yoga class, strangely enough. So that might almost take us to present time. I don't know if I if I answered your question or not. No, you did, and I was just thinking about I love that, being rerouted. That's a nice way of putting it. I was thinking about how many times I've been rerouted in my life. And I mean, think about it, too. I mean, not only did you have the head injury, which is obviously physical trauma, but it's mental trauma at the same time, but you had the trauma, too, of growing up with that, with that, losing your parents. So you, you were probably a stress ball at that point, I would imagine. You know, it's interesting because when I look back, I don't remember 
Um, I don't remember being an anxious or stressed kid, and I think that probably has to do with the fact that the people that were around me taking care of me made me feel yeah. very safe and very secure. So, But not all kids are lucky to have that with right. their parents. But I would say that internally, um, I think some of the the base confidence that you get from having one or both parents around at least, I didn't have that. And I didn't actually understand it until I was much older. And I was like, wow, this, there's a, there's just uh, an ego, healthy ego and a confidence that a lot of people around me had. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't have that. And it, it wasn't like, Oh, poor me. It was just like, well, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper and see where this is coming from. Right. You know? Right. So well, you walked into the yoga studio, I mean, I don't think as a little girl, you thought, you know what, I'm going to become a yoga trainer and own a business and help, <laughs> inf- you know, change people's lives and all that good stuff. You probably never thought no. of that. No. Okay. No. I was actually working in retail, so I got rerouted. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was thinking, you know, I may go back to graduate school and try to finish everything out. But um, at at the time, I was like, I'm going to do a retail job. And um, yoga was just one of those things where I was like, I keep, I kept going to the gym. And I would consider myself like a flunky. Like, I flunked out of gym. Like, I did it when I was a kid. and <laughs> did it as an adult. It just, it wasn't... It, it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't natural for me. I wanted it to be. I wanted to be active and healthy. And so yoga was kind of like, oh, well, maybe I can do that. Honestly, I mean, have you been there before? Like maybe this is the one thing that I can do. Yeah. And yeah. So I've yet to find class. it, but yeah. <laughs> right. So I went to a class at the gym and I left there and I was like, I'm even terrible at yoga. <laughs> oh, no. And and I thought about it. I was like, do I go back? And then I, but then I thought to myself, you know, the the pace of it was a little slower. And so one of the things I didn't like about uh, about the aerobic stuff was everything was so fast paced that I just I felt less relaxed after a workout than I did before. And you're supposed to feel better after workouts, right? And I felt more stressed. And so. The one thing that I did like about yoga was that there was order and pacing. Even if I physically couldn't do those things, and so I, I kind of, I kind of kept going back. And something really interesting did happen. So I noticed, I noticed that my uh, internal self was like, "Oh, I'm a little more calm than I was." And I, so I noticed kind of a, a more chill presence about me after the classes. And I was like, "Well, this is a good thing." And then I also noticed um, over time that my back, my low back, um, that had bothered me for years, I mean, some of it has to do with, you know, being a, a kid and growing really fast. I had this growth spurt and my muscles didn't join my bones. So I was already kind of a tight kid. But then I, you know, you add to that um, working on your feet in retail or restaurant or whatever. And so I just had a lot of low back pain when I was young and I was like, I think this is going away too. So it was kind of a blessing. Again, a lot of times we think of uh, something that catastrophic that happens is bad, and we lament it, and we and that's okay. But um, I just, I guess, I'm very fortunate that all of my rerouting has taken me up a different uh, path. Probably wouldn't have taken otherwise, but I'm lucky that I did. If that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And like I said, I, I mean, I'm grateful that you ended up where you are because I mean, you're you're truly love what you do and you're helping other people. When you first start on the yoga, and like you said, you don't have to be perfect going into it. And that's the beauty of it, I, I suppose. I mean, 
did you have a really good trainer? I mean, I guess that's the right word. It's probably not. But somebody that was training you, that inspired you. And when did you decide, you know what, this is what I want to do for a living and I want to open my own studio? Oh, you know, I I think I, I had actually been teaching for a very long time. And it was my, my quote-unquote career. Um, the studio came kind of after the fact. And um, I don't know that I had this, like, set plan. I, I definitely kind of, I think for the first time I was doing something that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I was very vulnerable in yoga class. But I also, I looked around and every, honestly, like, especially when I was first coming through, everybody was more physically adept than I was. And, and I'm sitting here going like, if I can do yoga, then anybody can do yoga. And I, I've always had a soft spot for the underdog, you know? And so, um, I thought a lot of people who either have pain, but they're embarrassed about it and they don't want to go work out because they have pain or, you know, all of, all of our insecurities come out when we go do something physical, whether it's going to yoga or going to the gym or even trying to, you know, go for a run. And so um, my compassionate nature, I thought I could be at least if nothing else, an encourager while teaching people yoga. But to be honest with you, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I started, when I first started teaching, I probably honestly would have been like, ah, this is going to be too hard. Like if I had fully understood the power that I could have as a yoga teacher, and then also the change that I could make for better or worse for somebody, I probably would have like turned and run the other way. Um, the The guy that I train with now um, is uh, <laughs> he's got a great South African accent, <laughs> um, and I try to teach him uh, all of our Southern sayings, Marshall. It's really great. But um, I probably met him. I met him in New Orleans at a training. We've known each other for over, it's been well over 10 years now. And so I met him pretty early on. And I studied with a lot of different people just trying to um, learn. And what I realized was studying from a lot of different people, you can get a lot of different information. And eventually I wanted to put all of my eggs in one basket and, and, and study with somebody that I trusted mostly physically. Like I have been doing the um, the philosophy study and the and all that long enough for me to be able to navigate that part of the teaching but um anatomically we have a huge i think um we have a it's a privilege but it's also a responsibility to not hurt people when and that that goes for coaches too and so i kind of put all my eggs in the basket with uh his name's jordan bloom and so he's kind of my go-to now um even though he's not in the state of mississippi we'll do like mentor calls and stuff and i'll be like hey i need to run some stuff by you. And so that's, it's, it's a blessing to have that, that kind of relationship with him. What's it like being a small business owner? Mm, Hard. So if I were, okay, here, here's how I'll equate this. If I were a baseball player, my walkout song would be Kelly Clarkson stronger. (laughs) Cause that's what it feels like being a small business owner. I think people think that I just like wait to teach yoga and I practice yoga all the time which I'd love to tell you I do, but I don't. I do a lot of different things besides yoga to keep me healthy. Um, but it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of boundaries and I's and T's and red tape that make the experience really great for the participant and the student, and that's really important. Um, but the pandemic, I mean, it it took the wind out of our sails. 
yeah. a lot, you can imagine, you know? Yeah, yeah well, let's, let's touch on that in just a second. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we get back, we'll continue talking with Tara Blumenthal, owner and lead trainer at Tara Yoga. If you have a question or comment for our guests, well, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. The first question that we get when someone comes in is, how is the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Mississippi? Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We have every letter Grant ever wrote and every letter ever written to him. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Today we've been talking with Tara Blumenthal. She's the owner and lead trainer and boss lady at Tara Yoga. And remember, if you'd like to join our conversation, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Tara, uh, we were just talking about, obviously, before the break, we're talking a little bit about being a small business owner uh, during, as the commercials say, these challenging times. And I know you've uh, had some tough times with that because, obviously, it's kind of hard to cram a bunch of people in a studio doing yoga in the middle of a pandemic. So I was just going to ask how your business has coped and how you have coped during the pandemic. Excellent questions. Um, for me personally, I think it was an, uh, a little bit, bit of an identity reroute because I realized I realized before we were asked to be shut down or, or before um, – before the businesses were, were asked to shut down, I actually pulled the plug on classes because um, we serve a lot of different people. And one of the groups that we were serving um, was considered high risk just by age. And I had people's mamas in my class, and I thought, I can't do this. I can't in good conscience keep the doors open because they'll continue to come. They loved, They were dedicated. Yeah. But it was it wasn't the right thing to do. And I think that's a that's a whole other deep dive on when doing the right thing isn't the easy thing. It's the harder thing and it's not the financially um, profitable thing. Um, so from a, from a personal perspective, I just, I had to do the right thing and then trust that it was going to be okay. Um, which I think is really hard to do. And for someone who has always been able to operate really well in survival mode, when everybody else first started freaking out, I was like, Hey, this is going to be, it's going to be fine. We may not be able to see how it's going to be fine. But I think what happened for me was recognizing that the pandemic was going to last a lot longer than we expected, especially here in Mississippi. Um, And then trying to figure out the best way to, uh, can we keep the business open? Because the most important thing was that we were 
still serving and making an impact on people. It doesn't matter about how many yoga classes you get in a week or what fancy pose you can do or your cool yoga gear. It's like, can I still make a change and be effective for people positively? And so it was really kind of, I mean, it was kind of scary, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I just had to be okay with not not knowing. And so we we definitely did um, some virtual classes for a little while, and I, I spent some money on a screen so I could see everybody. You know, I was like, well, I'm not going to teach you virtually from a tiny little iPad and not be able to see what's happening. So there was a lot of learning um, on my end, but I was, I think I navigated it as best I could under the circumstances. And then um, when we were able to come back together, uh, definitely it was a blessing to be able to be back in the same, in the same space. And it's really sacred. The, the studio is really, to me, it's like, you know, you can go into these different places and you can make yoga work, but there's something special about an actual studio. It's really sacred space. So um, I think we all realized what we kind of took for granted before it was wonderful to be able to have a second chance with that again. I tell you, it's it's, um, it's a question of energy, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I spoke for one of the first times literally in a year and a half in front of a live crowd on Thursday. I mean, thank, yay, oops. vaccination. Yay, I'm glad I've been vaccinated. Right, exactly. uh, but But it was like I felt the energy of everybody in that room, and it was just like a drug. It was like magic, you know. And and, and as much as I love to Zoom and as much as I love to do the online, and and thank goodness you were able to do that to help keep your your folks, you know, interested and obviously being able to serve them, there's just nothing quite like being in the same room with people. Yeah, for sure. And and especially for a physical practice like that, um, even the strongest of students that I had that I've been with for years, we all developed these new ticks with the pandemic, probably because our lives changed. Like they were not getting up and driving to work. They were staying at home. And so um, when we got back in the studio, it's like, okay, kids, we're going to relearn the basics because y'all are all doing some real, real funny stuff, you know? But I mean, yeah, it was a blessing. And you know, what I did for me was (laughs) I kind of had to have a little, uh, put myself in the corner and say, this is the only time that you're going to ever get this much time off. And you need to figure out a way to to try to enjoy it, you know. Um, so I I poured into myself. I did a lot of um, you know meditation and and I tried to make my body feel physically stronger so that I could withstand the stress of having a business that was shut down. So I did turn in a, a pretty big focus on me, and I did a lot of writing when we were shut down, um, just to kind of keep the ocean calm, if you know what I mean. Right. So. Yeah. Well, um, I did completely yeah. the opposite. I just was a moron. And I just said, well, I'm going to start working 17 hours a day while sitting in a bad chair at a table, cranking out content, which was a good thing to do. Ended up having back surgery from it and gained 30 pounds. So, yes, I probably should have listened to you and done your route. And it would have been a lot better in the long run, I think. It was, I mean, it was, um, as as leaders in the community, I'm only as good if I can take my advice as well. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so um, I, I really put it to heart. I really, you know, I made a couple of commitments to myself. Like one thing that we started doing, um, I started playing music again. I hadn't, I hadn't really been behind the kit in like, I don't know. It's, it's, I know it's been 2000 and early 2000s is the last time I played in front of somebody. Okay, we must explore so we, more of this here. Uh, kit as in drums. Um, you're, so you're a drummer. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I picked up the drums uh, a long time ago and loved it. And I, I'm not great. I'm not like 
not a you know there's no John Bonham here, but it's it's a I realized that music has always been another form of therapy for me, and so I really thought if I can get the band back together, then we'll ha- I'll have another outlet. And so we kind of tiptoed back in for just a one time only. Let's get together and see what happens. And you can imagine chills. Like I got crazy chills, and um, we all agreed that we needed to. We all needed it. So. It's um, myself and my husband, Dave, plays bass, and another friend of ours, Richard, plays guitar. And um, in the dreaming of the sounds that we wanted to create, Richard kept saying, wouldn't it be nice to have a hammock work? And I was like, yeah, we're going to find that. And so we have a friend who plays. And so we we kept texting our buddy Mike, like, hey, no no pressure, but anytime you want to come join us. And so he ended up being the the fourth horseman of of our group. And... um, and I told myself that no matter what happened, with the exception of somebody dying, because that can happen and it's going to happen, we were going to play once a week. And we've done that um, all through the pandemic, right? That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, well, let's talk about yoga yeah. for a half second here, too. And, you know, because sure. I think a lot of people get in their mind that there's something mystical or religious about it on that. It's what is yoga? Who can do it? And just talk about the basics on it, because I think, like I said, a lot of people have misperceptions of what it truly is. Sure. Um, you know, th- this is hard for me to answer because our our direction has gone to be really specific. So I won't answer um, yoga in general terms because I don't want to speak on that, but I'll tell you what we do. Okay. Is that fair? That is totally fair. Um, uh, one of the things I did see was this, um, at least for me, of the direction that we, we went was because everybody was all of a sudden being uh, prescribed yoga. Yoga for depression, yoga for this, yoga for that. And I was like, this isn't the um, the end and the means were not the same thing to me. Right. And so I was like, yes, yoga can um, help you get stronger. Yes, it can help you get up and down from the floor easier. Yes, it can help you manage your stress. But we've got to not expect one hour class to cure all that ails us. And then also we have to learn some technique and some, um, some movement uh, along the way. And so what I tell people is um, if you, if you have the right environment for you, which means you need to kind of go in um, honest about what your physical limitations are, um, which means we don't ignore um, our old pain or our old injuries. We actually acknowledge them and we work around them. Right. So um, the yoga is more the physical practice that we do is to help you with your daily life and function. So what do you love to do? You want to play with your uh, kids or grandkids and get up and down from the floor? We can try to help you do that Um, from I get what people are are, are talking about, because even folks that come to the studio will say there's something about this practice. Um, I think what what they're having a difficult time identifying is the the mental intention, the aspect mm-hmm. of it. And so everybody's going to bring something different to the table based on who trained them. Um, our our theory and methodology is, is pretty heavy on making the mind-body connection because without it, we're just kind of right. fighting each other. Um, but there's not a specific, quote-unquote, religion that anybody has to aspire to to be able to practice yoga. Um, it's more about being able to connect with maybe your emotional side. Some people con- consider that their spiritual side, but it's being able to be, I mean, I think it's vulnerable because it's the one place where you're not hiding behind 
a weight or a, a machine or, you know, you're even you're barefoot in the, in the practice. Um, but all that to say, given the right circumstances, you asked, I think one of the questions you asked was about, um, you know, uh, somebody with, with a disability. Yeah, there are people that can't practice yoga. Um, let's say uh, you have a family member with Alzheimer's or dementia, and so they have a very difficult time staying in the present moment. Um, when the mind-body connection is severed, then asking people to move in a way that they can't really connect to is, I would say, harmful. Um, those kinds of folks may be able to benefit from a meditation or a relaxing class, but it's just we have to be real, real careful um, not putting yoga under this basic umbrella and saying, yeah, it's great for everybody. I mean, from my personal vantage point on with it is it, it's very much like meditation in the sense that it's very helpful because it makes you present. It makes you in the moment, which I'm, tend, sure. you know, it gets you out of that waterfall of your thoughts, which, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, too, and, and, and Bessel van uh, der Kolk, terrible name, I never get it right. But anyway, he wrote a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it just talks right. about how trauma, stress literally rewires the brain. And so one of the things he recommends to be able to help you rewire your brain is obviously do yoga. And that makes a lot of sense because you're like you said, you're not catastrophizing or thinking about the future or the past. You're sitting there trying to keep from tipping over or doing your pose or doing it. You're just it's just yeah. a very present thing. And that's incredibly healthy. For sure. I think, you know, the the beauty of that is that um, in, in trauma, whether it's a single trauma or multiple traumas, uh, it it's chaos, you know. And then um, actually I, did, I led a meditation a couple of weeks ago on chaotic thinking. It's where um, our default has been what's next, which has kind of been the pandemic. It was like we're you know, now we have a vaccine. Oh, wait, no, now there's a new variant. And now, you know, our hospitals are maxed out. And now a hurricane, you know, I mean, like right. it would only make sense that we would be waiting for the other shoe to drop. But yoga or meditation can help us to recognize this is our thought pattern. And, and let's say, okay, let's stop and integrate something else into this. And so I think what, what the practice does, um, it helps with order, which right. is amazing during chaos. It helps with boundaries, which is also amazing during chaos. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, you know, I think it, it helps us to, to unplug from our default thinking mode, which may have been really necessary during, um, that chaotic time or traumatic time, but now it's time to rewire and it's okay to do that. I think that's kind of where, um, the practice for me was helpful, especially dealing with, with so much loss. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, my, my, uh, grief timeline looks like somebody else's kid Santa list. It's like a long scroll, you know, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, how do you deal with that? And I'm like, you know, meditation actually helped me to reconcile some old loss. Let's take a quick break and we'll, we'll continue this thought in just a half a second. Of course, we're going to take that last break and we're going to get back. We're going to wrap up our conversation with Tara Blubenthal. If you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. 
If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, host Marshall Ramsey at Mississippi Today. And today we've had the pleasure of sitting down talking with yoga instructor and owner of Terra Yoga, Tara and Blumenthal. And now there's still time for you to get your question or comment in. You can give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Tara, we were talking about how yoga does help with stress and, and you know, it does kind of get you in the moment. And, you know, I was interviewing an author named Carl Milanis who's written several great books um i did for conversations and he's a vietnam veteran he's a Rhodes scholar he's also a navy cross recipient uh just took out a machine gun nest in vietnam saved a bunch of guys just a really interesting guy and he uh one day somebody honked at him in an intersection and next thing you know he was beating the guy's glass in with his fist and his windshield and so he was having a flashback to, to Vietnam, and so they prescribed yoga for him, and that's what he does. And he said it's been a life changer because, like I said, it helps make that break that connection in his mind between what happened in a rice paddy in Vietnam and obviously when he's driving down the road with his child in the backseat. So it, it, I thought that was pretty interesting, and it, it truly made me a believer in that and in, in meditation to help disconnect you from – because um, it's like our mind is constantly going, always constantly throwing chatter at you. Um, mine is like a complete mess most of the time. I'll be really honest with you. I call them. Uh, I call them the the um, squirrels. I feel like we have like a couple of squirrel reels in the head. And yes. Going at the same time. I'm probably a squirrel reel, short. The better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably at least one squirrel short. But yes, I, I think that's a good analogy. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really liked. Um, one of the things I think we don't talk about with yoga is, and again, it's a, it's kind of one of those things on the outside looking in that's kind of hard to understand. How can being barefoot in a room on a mat with a bunch of other people help me? Um, there's a vulnerability and there's a bravery, I think, that comes with being able to, to do that. Because at the end of the day, the truth is nobody really in class is looking at you. Everybody's trying to. Oh, I am for themselves. No, I'm just looking and at so, people. Yeah, I'm thinking about my next are cartoon. You looking at everybody, are you that one guy? I'm that <laughs> one creepy guy. Yeah, that's me. Um, just kidding. But most people are just trying to, you know, get it together themselves. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, being brave enough to go there. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to flip a tire or or any of that stuff to 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 find bravery. I, I don't think. So. I don't know. It's just, sometimes that tire comes back at you, and you got to be pretty brave to get out of the way. You so. got to be ready. <laughs> yes. Um, one thing, you know, uh, I may be, I may speaking of squirrels, I may be squirreling you, but one thing that people have asked me about lately is, Tara, is it okay if I listen to music when I meditate? Huh? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah. However, I would say that make sure that the music that you're listening to doesn't make you more anxious or make you more antsy. Um, but there are, yeah, if you can put together a like relax and chill playlist for meditation, why not? You know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'd say music's so incredibly powerful like that anyway. It just, you know, a lot of times, I mean, that's what I listen to when I draw, you know, I just listen to a ton of music and sometimes I do when I walk too, but on the meditation, meditation is probably the hardest thing I've ever tried. 
And also one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, because, I mean, the point is, even if you're making mistakes, that's the point, is, is learning how to get back into focus um, when For you're sure. trying to remember, you know, okay, breathe in, breathe out. I'm thinking about, I need to cut my grass. Oh, wait, no, well, breathe in, breathe, you know, it's learning how yeah. to redirect yourself back to the, the to your breath. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted um, our folks to start meditating um, more. Like, I know that that's where everybody kind of feels. And I honestly, when I first started doing yoga, I was like, I'm not interested in that meditation stuff. That looks weird. And um, little did I know that it would be become like, it's like my lightsaber for me, you know. Um, but I wanted people to not be intimidated by it. I think the hard part is like sitting down and being alone. Like everybody would say, well, when you guide me in meditation, I can find that place. But when I'm by myself, I struggle with it. And um, so I, one of the perks that we, we have for the small, we, we are back open. We are doing about a third of the capacity of what we did before. So it's still challenging, but one of the perks is for the folks that have signed up for an in-house class, um, we give them a, a meditation every week. We send them a link, and they can do it on their own time, um, but it's a guided, so they're not just kind of left to their own devices. And uh, I think it's been really helpful for, for people to kind of be able to dip their toe in the water but not feel like the ocean is so big they're they're going to get get lost in it um yeah i tend i tend to stick my toe in the ocean and then i wake up i've fallen asleep and i'm three miles down shore that that happens to me a lot of times too yeah yeah um but we do offer that as an as an add-on for folks that can't get to the studio and they just want to purchase the meditation we we offer that too but um you know anything that you can do um it's easy to kind of get caught up in the in the heaviness of, of everything right now. Um, and and we're looking at, I think we're all kind of overwhelmed with how much we really aren't in control. Like if that makes sense, we're, we're looking around and we're like, Oh, wow, I'm really not in control of a lot of these things. And we can't, you know, um, I had COVID, I was really sick and this was before, um, I could get the vaccine and, I was like, I'm not in control of this situation. I can't will myself to better health as much as we think we can. We can just do the things that we need to do to make ourselves healthy on, on this day today. And that's really all you can do. And so I think the, um, the test of the pandemic has been taxing our um, false, uh, maybe our false reality of how much we thought we were in control of things. And once again, I go back to, wow, this is an eye opener. I need to go back and anchored down again with meditation or yoga or walking. I'm not only about those things. Um, I love to do, I know you're, I know you're walking and running some, I don't know. Are you still running still? Uh, no, can't run right now. I'm, I'm probably, I've still probably got another year. And even then I'm, I'm probably going to switch gears just because uh, I got too much hardware in my back. Yeah, for sure. But you know, walking has been this amazing, uh, amazing meditation time for me too. They're very therapeutic. So there's lots of different ways that we can find our, our, our own anchor and our own north if we'll just give ourselves time and space, right? Yeah. Tara, thanks for being on with us today. Uh, before we go, which is about here in a few seconds, how can folks get in touch with you and get involved with Tara Yoga? Oh, that's so so kind of you. Um, send me an email, Tara, T-A-R-A, at Tara-Yoga.net. And that's a uh, hyphen dash, not an underscore. Tara at Tara-Yoga.net. Tara, thank you so much. Good talking to you. I hope we can catch up soon. But I want to thank you for joining us today. And I want to thank our guest, Tara Blumenthal, who's the owner and lead trainer at Tara Yoga. And if you'd like to hear this show again, 
um, or any other past episode, but you can listen to our podcast. That's at mpbonline.org slash now you're talking. Now you're talking is a production of MPB Think Radio is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Do- Josie Bidwell. And join us next week for more great conversations here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>